Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WINB. And for more ways to listen to the show, including the customized app for all smart devices, we're getting a lot of great feedback on that. Just go to WeekendVigilante.com and go to the Listen page, and you'll find more ways to listen, including the podcast, which is a great way to listen to the show for those of you on the go. Hey, if you have not picked up a copy of Power Prayers, do go and get a copy of that book. Very powerful book. We're getting such amazing testimonies back. Go to powerprayers.ca and check that out. They did a fantastic job on that website. And we're trying to incorporate a map. That's a big project coming out of the gate in 2017. Is a map on Power Prayers where you can get connected to boots-on-the-ground Christian prayer partners in your area, like-minded individuals that you can connect with boots-on-the-ground in your city and town. So that's a big project coming up in 2017. I do want to get this project finished for you. It's been weighing heavily on me for almost two and a half years. Many people have left churches And a lot of you, this is a common theme, is that it's very hard to find Christian fellowship when you are awake to what is going on. I always say, hey, ask your pastor about the New World Order, and if he says it's a conspiracy theory, find a new church. Speaking of power prayers, I'm asking everyone that's listening to this broadcast, go to your local bookstores, that's Christian and secular bookstores in your area, wherever you're listening from today, I am asking you as a favor to me to please request power prayers in to your, especially Christian bookstores. But also I see the secular aisles have a lot of books on witchcraft. So a lot of secular bookstores do have a mishmash of books. And of course, on their Christian shelves, well, you know, the regular ones, the New York Times bestsellers. Well, Let's get power prayers on those shelves as well. I would like to see power prayers and green gospel on every single bookshelf across North America. Well, all over the place, really. But please do that for me and email me and let me know how you made out with your bookstores. Please do that for me. And I thank you in advance for that. It's such an important book. And boy, you're not finding any powerful prayer books with spiritual warfare components in them in these bookstores. So thank you for doing that. Well, speaking of powerful, I've got a very powerful show. Mike Hoggard joins me on a very gut-wrenching topic. You know, this whole last week was really tough for me. This topic was very, very difficult. It was extremely disturbing to the point of I was physically sick doing it. And I've researched a lot of stuff in my day, but this subject is sickening. Today's show is going to be entitled Unraveling Elite Occult Pedophilia, Sex Magic Rituals, Cannibalism, and Child Abuse. It's a mouthful, but I'm joined by Mike Hoggard, watchman and pastor from Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. 
Pastor Mike, thank you for coming back on the program. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Oh, it's good to be with you again, Sheila. Glad to be here. First of all, this is a very disturbing topic. When the who's who, Mike, of the global kingpins, businesses and affiliations that go all the way to the highest levels of government in this twisted, satanic cornucopia. I mean, this stuff is so insidious. It's so debaucherous. And it's actually, when I was researching, it was like actually getting repeatedly punched in the stomach. I mean, the fact that people can do this to little babies and children. I mean, it's just, it's such an awful subject, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, when I, I'm like you, when I started looking into uh, the whole idea of spirit cooking and this Pizzagate thing, I'm telling you, there's some things I don't mind researching, Sheila. I don't mind uncovering the secrets of the Illuminati and finding out why Masons have a secret handshake and stuff like that. But when you start dealing with messing with children, whether it's abortion, whether it's pedophilia, which is sort of what is going on now, it angers me. And it, there's just some things I would rather not deal with, and this is one of them. I would rather not even talk about it, but I think in, in some ways the light needs to be shed on some very, very evil people in this world that are getting away with murder, even legalized murder, like with abortion. And you have to consider this. Anybody who would willingly favor the murder of an unborn child, it seems to me that their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. That's what the Bible says. Their conscience seared, their conscience is defiled, and many of these people would think nothing at abusing or harming a little child. And the Bible prophesies this. I mean, in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of themselves they're only interested in their self. When a woman has an abortion in this country, 99 times out of 100, it is for the convenience of the mother and her well-being, and they don't think anything of the baby. There was a recent case in the St. Louis area, in fact, this happened last week, where a man and a woman were arrested by local police because they were trying to get this, their baby to stop crying, six month old baby. And so the dad had forced this baby's head up against the crib and he was running his fingers down that child's throat to get it, I guess, to stop using its vocal cords or something like that. And the mom stood by and watched this thing. And when she was interviewed by the local police, she kept referring to her son as the kid. The kid wouldn't shut up. The kid wouldn't stop crying. There's no love here for this child. And this is what, you know, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And these people who do these things to these children, they think they're getting away with it. And as far as the world is concerned, they might. But God wrote every one of this down. He wrote it all down, and he's got it up in a book. There is no statute of limitations with God. They're going to have have to give an account for the things that they have done. And when it comes to the upper echelons of the United States government, big business, big banking, and I will even say, Sheila, corporate Christianity, 
at the upper echelons and the high places of these things, I believe some very, very evil things are going on. And again, I hate to deal with it, but I think some biblical light needs to be shed on the workings of those who are doing things like this. No doubt in my mind. It's better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck than harm one of these little ones. And, you know, they're harming them in just such abhorrent ways. So we're going to delve into this now. It started out with Marina Abramovich, of course, this whole spirit cooking, that cornucopia of insidious hell. And then we springboard into Comet Ping Pong. Here you have the connection with, of course, Podesta and Hillary Clinton and Obama. They had fundraisers at Comet Ping Pong. Now, Comet Ping Pong is owned by this James Alfonston. Amazingly, he is actually in a relationship. He's a gay man in relationship with a guy that owns Media Manners, David Brock. So now there's code words that were found in these Podesta emails, words like cheese and pizza. But now we find out those are all code words for pedophilia in various forms. Nothing short of George Soros and his donations to this Comet Pizza. This is George Soros funded, just like Nambla, the North American Man Boy yeah. Love Association. Isn't that disgusting? We don't have video. We don't have pictures of John or Tony Podesta doing things to children or even adults, for that matter. We don't have things like that. What we have is the WikiLeaks email. I, I'll say this: had it not been for WikiLeaks. I am reasonably certain Hillary Clinton would be in the White House today because, number one, she's the one that had the unsecured server, again, which is against the law. She should be thrown in prison for that. But here we have these emails coming out, and people all over the world are scanning these emails. And what we find out, we know that Tony Podesta, let me, let me explain to the listeners who Tony and John Podesta are, okay? They are two of the most powerful people in the world. Even though they're not president, they're not congressmen, they're not Supreme Court judges, they're not, you know, U.N. ambassadors. What they are, and the Bible, the Bible reveals this, very seldom does a king or a prince or any sort of head of state, very seldom do they make decisions based on their own thinking. They have counselors. Uh, Joseph was a counselor to Pharaoh. Esther ended up being a counselor to King Ahasuerus, whereas Haman was before. And what you have with Tony and John Podesta, these guys ran uh, and still run a lobbying group called uh, the Podesta Group. Now, the Podesta Group, they are hired by company. Now, let me run through some names here. And this you can find this stuff out on Wikipedia if you want. Bank of America, Sally May, Walmart, Lockheed Martin, BP Oil. Genentech, Amgen, Duke Energy, uh, Merck, Novartis. These are pharmaceutical companies. NPR, National Public Radio. The list goes on and on and on of the clients that use the Podesta Group. In other words, they pay Tony and, and John Podesta large sums of money in order to influence votes in the House of Representatives or in the Senate. This is the kind of influence these people have. They run in circles, Sheila, that you and I would never get invited to, okay? They rub shoulders with the elite of the elite. Hillary Clinton using John Podesta as her campaign manager. Um, Barack Obama using John Podesta as his 
chief of staff, which means he's the he's the guy that has the president's ear. And what was interesting to me was in the emails that was captured by WikiLeaks is that the men who were had the ear of Hillary Clinton, Tony and John Podesta. And let me let me read the email. Marina Abramovic, who is at the, sort of at the heart of all this. She is what's referred to as a performance artist. She's basically the grandmother of performance artists. She is the one who does all these weird things, including what's called spirit cooking. And you know me, Sheila, I found what I think is spirit cooking in the Bible. I found it in the Bible, all right? Wow. Yeah, it's there. Everything is in the Bible. You just got to know how to look for it. But anyway, Marina Abramovich, who does all these weird satanic art performances, she calls it art. I say it's a ritual. And she actually, I don't know if you saw the video she made in 1996 where she was doing her performance art. That's the one where she painted, you know, signs on the wall with pig blood and, you know, cut your middle finger and eat the pain. Right. She actually called in that video. You got to catch it. She actually called in that video what she was doing as alchemia, alchemy. Okay, she was practicing a form of alchemy in doing what she did, which is a satanic ritual. And that satanic ritual involves joining. uh, I'm going to give two words here, the macrocosm with the microcosm. And I'll explain what those are in a little bit. But it's basically joining two worlds together, the spiritual and the flesh world, which is right out of Daniel chapter two. But anyway, Marina Abramovich writes Tony Podesta an email and says Dear Tony, I am so looking forward to the spirit cooking dinner at my place. Do you think you would be able to let me know if your brother is joining? All my love, Marina. Now, uh, we also know that Tony invited John Podesta. And here's what's interesting to me. John didn't attend the spirit cooking dinner. So Tony writes to John and says, Marina missed you, Tony. Now, here's what's interesting to me is that obviously Tony knew that John Podesta was familiar enough with Marina Abramovich so that Tony, when he wrote his email to uh, to John Podesta, he didn't say, have you ever heard of Marina Abramovich? Do you know what spirit cooking is? All he said was Marina missed you. And apparently John Podesta is familiar enough with Marina Abramovich so that Tony didn't have to write Marie or Mrs. Abramovich or Marina Abramovich missed you or we missed you at the spirit cooking. Marina missed you. In other words, John Podesta, one of the most powerful men in Washington, D.C., must have had some sort of familiarity and some sort of interchange with Marina Abramovich. In other words, we know for a fact that John Podesta knew her well enough to, that she could be used on a first name basis. And Tony knew that and John knows that. So we don't have evidence that John went to the spirit cooking. But what we do have evidence of is that these guys know her well enough. And more than likely, she he was probably part of something, a spirit cooking or some sort of performance art or ritual uh, in the past, I don't know if you've seen this. One of the things that Marina Abramovich does, and I mean, you can tell this lady is well connected. One of the things that she'll do, if you have a, if you're invited to a spirit cooking from Marina Abramovich, she will hire a model 
And this model will appear in this sort of like coffin type box filled with some sort of red fluid that's meant to look like and have the texture of blood. Now, I'm not positive that it is blood. I'm not positive that it's not blood. This model will strip bare naked, a live model, and will lay inside of this coffin full of blood or some sort of bloody substance. And the attendees at the spirit cooking, they'll be given a spoon and they go by this box where this naked model is laying in this pool of blood and they will dip their spoon down in it and they will eat or drink with a spoon whatever that stuff is in that coffin with this naked model laying in there. This is not something we here at Bethel Church have ever had. We've never had a get-together and old-fashioned singing and dinner on the ground with a naked model in a pool of blood. Okay, right. We don't do that here. Normal people don't do that. Spiritualized people who have devils all in them, they are men of corrupt minds. They are twice dead. They have their conscience seared with a hot iron. These people like this, they think nothing of going to something like this and ceremoniously eating or drinking this blood or whatever it is. It might be syrup. I don't know. But they think nothing of having a naked bottle inside of this thing and drinking the fluid that comes out of it. That's the kind of mindset now that you have of the elite of the elite. And again, Marina Abramovich, she rubs shoulders. I'm looking at a picture of her with Nicki Minaj at a big, big get together. There is Lady Gaga with a spoon in her mouth after having dipped it into this coffin-like thing with this naked model in it. There's even a picture of Lady Gaga with a child, a, a young girl, also attending one of these spirit cooking deals where they're eating blood out of the naked model's belly button. Now, think about that. My mom never took me to anything like this. A normal parent would not take their child to a dinner party with a naked model inside of a pool of blood, okay? Normal people don't do that. People who are possessed with spirits, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There's no doubt in my mind that children of the elite are being raised in a way that's far different than how you and I were raised. And they're raised with parties like this and imagery like this so that from a very young age, it's like they're being programmed or desensitized to just how we evil and occult this is. Remember, Hillary hired Jay-Z and Beyonce, paid them what some people say was about $60 million to do a, a concert for Hillary just before the election. And I saw this, I was watching Fox News the other night, Bill O'Reilly and the O'Reilly Factor, and he was talking about um, Jay-Z performing for Hillary Clinton. And he had up on the screen the lyrics that Jay-Z was performing. Cleveland, Ohio, November 4th, I'm looking at it. The lyrics that Jay-Z was rapping while Hillary Clinton's in the back going, yay, I love Jay-Z. The lyrics say, middle finger to the Lord, nigga grip, I'm a boss. Middle finger to the Lord. In other words, I'm flipping Jesus off. I mean, this is the guy who makes his fingers into a triangle and sticks them over his eye. This guy is Illuminati Incorporated, Jay-Z. These people have sold out to Satan 
whether they believe in him or not, they've sold out to him. They worship, praise, and adore Lucifer. They are leading millions of people all over the world into that same worship, and Hillary Clinton was a part of this. This is the kind of people that run with people like Marina Abramovich. And so she does what she calls art, but I think there's a quote from her that she said, if it's in a public gathering, then it's art. But if it's in a, if what she does is in a private gathering, then it's a ritual. And when you have a spirit cooking and only a few of the elite show up, then obviously, according to Marina, then it is a ritual. And what she says in this spirit cooking video that she made was that it's a ritual involving alchemy. And I guarantee you, what they're calling Pizzagate now is linked in with this very, very heavily. Well, regardless of these insidious rituals, whether it is spirit cooking or the comet ping pong debauchery, you can clearly see here, this is all straight out of the Aleister Crowley bag of evil, isn't it? Sure it is. It's um, Crowley was, there's no doubt, Crowley was involved with familiar spirits, okay? He had devils all over him. And so you have <clears throat> you have Jay-Z, who is linked with Abramovich, who's linked with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton linked with the Podestas. These pe- birds of a feather flock together. And so here you have Jay-Z, and he's got this big sweatshirt on that says, do what thou wilt. And what that is, that's a quote directly from Aleister Crowley. It's the primary doctrine of this religion that he started called Thelema. And what it actually says is, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And Aleister Crowley wrote a book called The Book of the Law. Now, this to me, when I see phrases like that, the book of the law, that comes right out of the King James Bible. God has his law, which is the Ten Commandments, which is this, you know, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that. It's God's morality. It's God's love for his people. It is our response to God's law. That's what God calls the book of the law. Here we have basically the Antichrist, Aleister Crowley, writing an occult book of the law. And Crowley actually said that this book of the law, where it says, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, was dictated to him by a spirit by the name of Iowas. Now, let me just kind of read some scriptures related to that. What that's referred to, what that's called is, in the Bible, it's called a familiar spirit. And God said in Leviticus 19, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So let's make the connection here. Aleister Crowley is receiving all this occult information from a familiar spirit. He's writing it down in the book called the Book of the Law. We know that Jay-Z read it, and he is a student then of Aleister Crowley. Then you have John and Tony Podesta. You have Marina Abramovich. Then you have the link to Hillary Clinton. And it doesn't take much, even though we don't have video of Hillary Clinton going to a spirit cooking ritual. What we have is that her associations, the people who counsel her, the people who do things for her, they are directly tied in with Aleister Crowley and his familiar spirit. 
Leviticus 20, the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a whoring after them. I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. And he says again in verse 27, a man also or a woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, when I read that verse, Sheila, Again, I go back to these pictures. You go to Google Image, you type this in, Marina Abramovich spirit cooking, and you'll get these images. And I just want to caution people, before you start searching for these images, you're going to see nudity. Because here is a, to me, the connection is just uncanny. Here you have a naked woman who would be a whore inside of a coffin with blood all over her. Let me read that verse again. A man also or a woman that hath a familiar spirit shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And what you have in this tub covered with blood is a whore covered with blood. And to me, that symbolizes exactly what God said. They consulted with familiar spirits. Therefore, their blood shall be upon them. And just the idea of these people going to a party and drinking this blood, whether it's blood or not, the symbolism is the same. Here's what's interesting, Sheila. God told us specifically in the law not to eat anything with the blood in it or not to consume blood. Even in the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15, when the apostles and the elders got together to decide whether or not the Gentiles should have to follow the law, be circumcised, be what they call Torah observant and all this nonsense, the Jerusalem council determined that they're Gentiles, that we're trying to make them obey the law, and we never obeyed the law. But they did lay down four specific, now this is where it gets interesting, the number four. They laid down four rules that applied to the Gentiles. Rule number one, they were to not eat anything offered to idols. Number two, they were not to eat anything that had been strangled or hung from a tree because it's cursed. Number three, they were not to consume blood. And number four, they were to not commit a fornication. All four of these things point you to the Antichrist, but here they are at a ritual, a spirit cooking, and they're eating blood, and that was one of the four commandments given to the Gentiles uh, in this age that we were not supposed to do that. So they're violating God's very law and they're drinking or eating blood, and they're doing that because they're being led by a familiar spirit. This religion of familiar spirits and contacting them goes right back to the age of the giants. The giants on the earth, both before the flood and after the flood, they had religious practices. Number one, they're the ones who built pyramids. I'm convinced of it. They built all these big stone walls and stone monuments like Stonehenge that to this day, we can't figure out how they did it, but they did it and they practice a religion. And God specifically said in Deuteronomy 18, when thou art come into the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, which was the land of the giants, the land of the Canaanites, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or a daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits. That's Aleister Crowley or a wizard or a necromancer. A necromancer 
is the, the Greek word necros means dead. And a necromancer is one who performs rituals or achieves some sort of divination. They can receive, it's like contacting the dead. Old crystal ball, tell me what, where uncle so-and-so left all the money. That's, that's necromancy. And what you have is Marina Abramovich and her alchemy rituals, whether it's using pig's blood or human blood. I hate to even talk about this, but some of the things that she uses in her performance art is blood, male seed, uh, menstrual blood from a woman. All of these things, God said in the law, were unclean, and she's using these in her rituals. God said to stay away from this stuff. And he said, for all that do these things are an abomination of the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. For these nations, which thou shalt possess, hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. And you know, one of the things I know about this country was there was a time, Sheila, in this country when the leaders of this country read the Bible, they quoted scripture, they believed the Bible, they prayed to God through Jesus Christ. You have guys like Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin who were deists, but during the um, Constitutional Convention, where they were writing our Constitution, the American Congress was fighting one another. They couldn't, they couldn't get anywhere, and it was Ben Franklin. Of all people, Ben Franklin, who was a Freemason and a whoremonger, didn't really believe much about God. He's the one that said, if we believe that not even a sparrow can fall from the skies without God knowing it, how, how is it that we think we can form a nation without God's intervention? And it was Ben Franklin back in the day who recommended that all the members of Congress go home, get with their minister, and spend about three or four days fasting and praying, and then come back together. And that's what they did. That is a far cry from the kind of America that we have now and the kind of leaders that are running our country. We don't have leaders running our country right now that spend hours on their knees in prayer and fasting and studying the scriptures. What we have is leaders in our country right now who are practicing occult rituals, who are doing things that God said are an abomination and unclean, we are far, far removed from the biblical heritage that we once had in this nation. If you go all the way back to the 1600s, it was the Puritans who really settled this land, and God bless them over here. We are so far away from that now, Sheila. It just Sometimes it makes me weep over the condition of our country that we have gotten so low as to have elected officials and the counselors and the most powerful people in the world in this country who have turned themselves over to a reprobate mind, and they are into the occult. It just, it staggers my mind, Sheila. Well, it is staggering. I mean, you were talking about Thelema, alchemy. It's interesting when you look at this recent picture that's popped up of John Podesta's hands. I don't know if yeah. you saw this picture with the 14 and the fish. It's kind of interesting because you and I have talked about Osiris and the 14th part. It's just interesting you know, you look at Tony Podesta's disgusting art collection inspired by none yeah, other than Jeffrey got, Dahmer. Yeah, he's got two guys in an, an artwork. He's got a picture, a painting of two guys sticking a spoon into this dead guy on the table. And I'm going, 
uh, boy, that's a long way away from, um, you know, the Da Vinci's Last Supper or something like, like that, you know. That's just, I have pictures in my office of buck deer, okay? <laughs> I don't have paintings of people sticking forks into other people and eating them. I mean, it's just, that's the mentality and the spirit of these people. And, you know, at best, here you have this picture of John Podesta. He's holding his two hands up, and he's got a symbol on one, he's got a number on the other. Now, I can't say 100% that I know exactly what that means. But here's the thing. When you have something to hide, you hide it. You don't reveal it. You don't come out and say, Hillary Clinton, you know, you got to give, you got to tip your hat to Bernie Sanders. At least Bernie Sanders said, I'm a socialist. I want to turn this country over into socialism. At least he was honest. Hillary Clinton hasn't said an honest word since she was seven years old. Okay, (laughs) These people hide things. Often they hide them in plain sight. You were talking about the Pizzagate scandal and this guy that owns a pizzeria and how connected. I mean, he's a sodomite, so we know he's got a spirit on him. He's boyfriends with one of the more powerful people in Washington, D.C. because he works in the press his relationship to the Podesta brothers and the fact that these guys use symbols and they use certain code words and so on. And what they're doing is they are trying to hide their activities. Those who know or are in the inner circle, they look at it and they get it. Most people would look at that and say, okay, he's got a little fishy and a number 14 on his hand. Big deal. What does that mean? Well, see, that's my point. They speak in a language that most people don't understand, and it's because they have something to hide. Um, I mentioned earlier about uh, Marina Abramovich. In this video, it was made in 1997, where it shows her, there was a cameraman showing her dipping her brush in pig blood, writing spirit cooking on the wall, writing all these. This is where it gets weird. Here's one. One of them says, take... 13 uncut leaves of green cabbage with 13,000 grams of pure jealousy steam for a long time in a deep iron pot till all the water evaporates and eat it just before the attack. Okay. Now that's weird enough. She then, you know, has another one. Take a knife, cut deep into the middle finger of your left hand, eat the pain. Okay. Weird stuff like that. But she referred to this she was, she was talking to someone that was there, and she said, we have four objects, four statements. It's really like alchemia is what she said. When I heard that number four, I thought, okay, I know what that is. The number four in the Bible, it represents things of the spiritual world. Think of what it is that we wrestle against. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's the opposite of the true gospel of Jesus Christ found in four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have the four elements of witchcraft, earth, air, fire, and water. And knowing what I know about alchemy, knowing what I know about Satanism, the occult, and witchcraft, there's no doubt that Marina, when she used the term alchemy or alchemia, and she mentioned four objects, four statements, she was referring to the four elements of witchcraft, earth, air, fire, and water. Let me explain alchemy a little bit. Alchemy is defined as the process of taking something ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary. If you go back in the days when 
these mad scientists were working alchemical formulas. They were trying to turn lead into gold. In a generalized way, it's taking something ordinary and turning into something really cool. So in her mind, she finds this old rundown house and she does these things. She pours pig blood all over. She's got four wax figures that look like people. She covers them over with pig blood. Now, Sheila, stop and think about this. You and I are saved, born again, okay? What is it in reference to the blood that applies to you and I as being saved? The blood of the lamb. It's exactly right. A lamb was without spine, without blemish. Pig was an unclean animal. So here she is taking an effigy of four people and covering them just like you and I are covered with the blood. She covers them with the blood of a beast, pig's blood, an unclean animal, okay? It's witchcraft. It's alchemy. She's performing a satanic ritual, and the symbolism is there. It's just the opposite of what you and I have. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, when God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So alchemy is defined as taking something ordinary, turning it into something extraordinary, like lead into gold or this is what it really means, taking a mortal and turning them into an immortal. Someone who dies, transforming them into someone who never dies. You go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. The promise that Satan made to Eve was, thou shalt not surely die. For God doth know in the day thou eatest, your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil. So Satan made the promise to Eve that if she ate of the fruit, and here again we have eating. This is what a spirit cooking is related to. It's related to ingesting certain things. If she eats this fruit, then she will be transformed into a god or one of the gods. That's what alchemy is all about. That's what the alchemical transformation is. Do you remember the first Harry Potter book? Yes. Yes, I in, do. In America, it was called uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, but that's not what J.K. Rowling titled it as. In England, it's not called the Sorcerer's Stone. It's called the Philosopher's Stone, and the Philosopher's Stone is a, it's a substance of some kind that allegedly has the capability of turning lead into gold. It's also called the Elixir of Life, and according to alchemists, the Philosopher's Stone has the ability to turn a human into a god. And that's what Marina Abramovich was referring to in her spirit cooking ritual, was that it has the ability to turn a mortal into a god. Um, even the idea of spirit cooking comes from Aleister Crowley and Thelema. Crowley had a ritual called the eating or the cooking of the cake of light or a wafer of light. And it was a wafer that was consumed at one of their gatherings. The ingredients of this cake of light included honey, oil, menstrual blood, and male seed. Okay. Again, things that God said were unclean. Now, this sacrament, and that's what it is. When, when, John and Tony Podester are invited to go to a spirit cooking. She is inviting them to partake in a communion service, an unholy communion service, 
whereby the hope is, is that they will be joined to the gods. All right. So you have the mic, what's called the microcosm, and the macrocosm microcosm represents mankind. We're the little bitty things. The macrocosm represents the divine or the gods. And it's the idea that if you eat this cake of light that's prepared in this, what's called this spirit cooking, then you will be transformed and you will be able to connect directly to the gods. The word yoga means connection, and it's where we get the the word yoke from. Paul said, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so whether it's yoga or whether it's alchemy or this spirit cooking or practicing this this Thelema thing where you eat this cake and you're now joined to the macrocosm, all of those things point you to the book of Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 is where Nebuchadnezzar had his dream. And in his vision, he saw the four kingdoms. There's that number four. The fourth kingdom was the kingdom of iron mixed with miry clay. And it says right there in the text is that this iron kingdom, the fourth kingdom, which is principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, they are joined literally into man's DNA. Man represents the clay here. And the Bible specifically says they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. And so here is Marina Abramovich and her alchemical spirit cooking dinner, whereby this food is offered to the recipients. They're taking a form of communion. And the idea is, is that they will be joined or connected or yoked together to these fallen angels that you see in Revelation chapter 12. You see them in, I think, Daniel chapter 11, Matthew 24. Jesus prophesied them and said the stars are going to withdraw their shining. They're going to fall to the earth. And so there is coming a day, Sheila, where mankind literally would be joined together with these very, very evil spirits. My guess is, and I don't, if, if you look into the, all the occult ceremonies in the world, whether it's Wicca, when they have the blade and the chalice ceremony, or it's alchemy, or it's spirit cooking, or whatever, it usually involves ingesting some sort of cake, some sort of wafer, or something like that, and the ingesting of either wine, wine is a symbol of blood, or the ingesting of blood itself, and in some cases, human blood or menstrual blood. That's, it's just absolutely disgusting, but that's what, these, that's what these people do. This is the spirit that they are led by, Sheila. Well, and the same cast of characters, again, you have them involved in this very bizarre sex rituals. I mean, I looked up almost every Twitter account that was following James Alfantis, and I'm going to tell you what, his Comet Ping Pong page Jimmy Comet, the bizarre pictures, first of all, and yeah. the, and the hashtags kill room. I, I mean, this was just insane asylum bizarro. And so you've got all this very bizarre imagery of children taped to board. Like one little girl was taped to a bench with a ping pong table behind. And then all his friends are a bunch of weirdos, too. And you have this again, it ties into Tony Podesta's art collection you have young boys that are taped with black tape, almost like an S&M theme. I mean, it was very bizarre. And then when you get into the code words of pedophilia being pizza and 
cheese for girls and hot dogs and pasta for boy. Mm. I mean, it's just, this is just sickening. When you look at the actual emails and you translate them with the codes, and then, of course, all these businesses on this little strip are owned by the same James Alfontis and yeah. his assorted cast of characters. So you've got this best of pizza. They've got the pedophilia symbolism woven right into the pizza. It just, I mean, the symbolism is bizarro. Yeah. And I tell people, and I, I try to teach this everywhere I go and everything that I do. One of the things that God has helped me with in the last, over the last, you know, 10, 20 years is understanding the language of symbolism. Uh, and it started with me looking at a new King James Bible and I saw this triketra on it and I'm going, that looks weird. What is that? I, you know, we, I've been in this church since I was eight years old. We don't have a triketra anywhere. Okay. I didn't know what that symbol was. So it piqued my curiosity. I wanted to know what it was. And so I started doing some research on it, found out that it's related to Wicca. It's related to witchcraft. There, there used to be this TV show called Charmed about these witches, and they referred to a witch's book of shadows, which is her book with all the spells in it. And the prominent symbol in Wicca is that triketra. And so I wanted to know what that meant. And in the course of that, I began to understand a little bit more about symbolism, about what they mean, what they truly mean, and so on. Uh, Albert Pike is the one who wrote in Morals and Dogma. He said, symbols always have two meanings. They have the exoteric meaning, which is the meaning that we'll get on the History Channel and tell everybody the square and compass means that you're to square your actions, you know, with God and you're to circumscribe your whatever. They make this stuff up. They tell people that's all that they really mean. But then Pike said there's an exoteric and an esoteric. The esoteric meaning is the one that we know what it means and we're not going to tell anybody. And the reason we're not going to tell anybody is that this is a secret that we cannot reveal. So we're going to speak in symbols and in secrets. And what I encourage everybody to do is the more you read your Bible, the more familiar you become with God's word. When you see things like spirit cooking, when you see things like the whole Pizzagate scandal where you know that there is a connection between the current sodomite movement and going after young children. You know it in your heart that there's a connection there. They may try to hide it in symbols, but if you read God's word and you believe it, you'll see things. You'll, you'll get it. You'll understand. Let me give you an example. The question is, do sodomites have an attraction to little boys and little girls? The answer is yes. Okay. Let me, re let me read Genesis 19 to you. Genesis 19 is where God sends the two angels and they're going to rescue Lot and his family. Okay. So they come to Lot's door. Lot brings them in, into the house. They, the two angels say, no, nah, we'll stay out here in the street. And Lot knows that's not safe. Lot says, no, you come in to my house where I can lock the door. And so Genesis 19, 4 says, before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young. Now you think about that. Here are the adult Sodomites, and they have recruited, they have, they have primed, they have groomed 
these young boys all over town and they have them with them. So here we have the young and the old sodomites together. Think of the opposites, young and old. They're, it's opposites fused together. It's like the yin and the yang and the square and the compass and every practically every other occult and Masonic uh, ideology and rituals that it always fuses opposites together. And that's what you have. You have old and young together. But you see there in the Sodom, in the town of Sodom, that they had groomed these boys until they were ready to molest them. And it's not just in the occult, Islam. Islam is disgusting because you have the prophet of Islam telling everybody that it's okay to marry a five-year-old girl. You can have sex with her from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, however young she is, you can take her to be your wife. That religion is a religion of pedophilia. And here you have this, this secretive cabal in Washington, D.C., hobnobbing with all these sodomites all over. To see the sodomites in D.C. are the cool people. It's like Ellen DeGeneres, okay? She's not just the weirdo lesbian. She's cool now, Kirk. She's trendy, trendy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they've groomed all these boys. And it doesn't, again, I don't have pictures. You don't have pictures of John Podesta with his hands all over this little boy. But you know in your heart, when when you look at these pictures, okay, if you've not seen these pictures, again, I caution people, if you can do without seeing it, do without seeing it. Because you and I found this out. You start going down this rabbit trail, you're going to find out some things that you will not want to remember. Yeah. The, the fact that these people look at children as objects of perversion and they think nothing about getting along with these children. These people have a very, very evil spirit on them. And by the way, I mentioned earlier about, you know, humans joining with the spiritual world. What was it that the men of Sodom, along with their young boy counterparts, what is it that they wanted to do, Sheila, in Genesis 19 with those two angels? Have sex. They wanted to join with them. That we may, that the word is, uh, bring them out to us that we may know them. Right. Okay. And it's, and I'm just going, that's perverted, but that is also the spirit of, that is in these people is they want to join in a perverted fashion with these spirits. And I can tell you from the Bible, most of these spirits are beasts in their appearance and in their nature. Okay. That's a whole nother perversion. Oh, there is Sheila amongst all those pictures you saw on that Instagram account. You remember what the one where the guy was licking that dog's tongue? Yes, I do. Ah, uh, 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 I got to I clean my mouth out now just saying it. Uh, yeah. And you know, here's the piece Mike that's so disturbing. I mean, as if the pictures that we researched aren't just heinous and repugnant enough, but then you've got this other disturbing part where you've got the highest levels, the highest positions of power in business and government including the DOJ covering up and even involved with these characters like the James Alphontuses, this owner of Comet Ping Pong, one of the heads of the DOJ pedophile investigation units is a follower of the very guy that we're talking about, you know, hashtag kill room, that guy, 
That is the absolutely insidious part of all this. Yeah. And I tell people, and I, I try to think of it this way. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities, there are spirits who are, it's like they own territory. And I've experienced this. I've experienced it here. I've experienced it in Kenya. If you've never had the feeling that you are in a very evil spirit's territory, I'm telling you, it's, it's bad. Th- and think of it this way. Uh, I just came back from from deer hunting. I got me a big old buck last weekend, Sheila. I'm very proud of it. I'm going to have it mounted, all right? (laughs) We know that buck deer, they have their territory. They actually, there's a scent gland on on deer's hind legs that they rub together, and they secrete this musk, and they do so in order to let other buck deer know, this is my territory, okay? Dogs do it. Bears do it. A lot of animals do it in the forest or in the woods, they will mark their territory by scent or by some other way. That's how you see principalities, okay? We have the prince of Tyrus. You have the prince of the people of Persia in the book of Daniel. You have Michael, who is the prince over Israel. He's the protector of Israel. So when you're dealing with principalities, you are dealing with spirits who control certain territories, all right? Which means that they are involved in human government, all right? They are the spirit behind the United Nations. They are the spirit behind a new world order. They are the spirit behind some of the evil things that go on in government. They are behind some of the evil things that go on in big business. They are the spirit behind evil things that go on in church denominations. They're everywhere. So that's what principalities are. Powers, they are spirits that like to have power over people. They will put people in bondage, addictions, alcohol, drugs, pornography, anything that, or let's say somebody wants to cast a spell on someone. They're trying to use or have power over that person to get that person to do something. That's what powers are. The rulers of the darkness of this world, think of the moon and the stars. They are the lights that shine at night. And so the rulers of the darkness of this world They are spirits that are responsible for keeping men blinded from the truth, not letting the light shine, not letting things be discovered. They are the ones who are in charge of secrets, secret doctrines, secret ritual practices, like you and I were discussing, the code words and the symbols that, you know, showed up in these, showed up on this Instagram account of the the pizza guy. There are spirits that are in charge of keeping secrets or having things done in the darkness rather than light. If you've ever been into a bar or a tavern, there is no such thing as a well-lit tavern, okay? It's because the people that are in there love darkness, and the spirits that are in there rule over darkness. And spirits that rule over darkness hate one thing. They hate the light of the Word of God. But then you get to number four. In Ezekiel chapter eight, God's showing Ezekiel what's going on behind the scenes in the temple. And he shows him the outer court and shows him abominations there. Then he takes him inside the court and he shows him the abominations there. Then he takes him in the sanctuary. And every time Ezekiel goes one step further to the hierarchy, God says, I will show you greater abominations than these. 
And so the spiritual wickedness in high places, government, business, churches, denominations, religions, whatever, any place where you have a hierarchy, the top people in charge, the capstone on the pyramid, you're dealing with spirits who do wicked things in high places. The heads of state, congressmen, Supreme Court judges, presidents, vice presidents, anytime you have something like that, you have very, very evil spirits working high wickedness. Think of Bill Clinton taking Monica Lewinsky into the Oval Office, the most powerful, the highest office space in the world, and performing a sex act with her right in that big presidential circle that he's got in his office. He's doing it right there. Why? The spirit that is in him is practicing wickedness in high places. You have it in religious denominations. The Pope, the highest authority in Roman Catholicism and all of his cardinals, the things that are done behind the scenes in the Vatican, there are spirits who are doing wicked things in high places. In the hierarchy of a lot of the denominations that exist in this country, you have very, very evil things going on, and you have evil spirits that are controlling some of the heads and some of the leaders of these big money denominations in America. Whereas you and I, Sheila, we can't go behind closed doors and see what's going on at the Bilderberg meeting. We can, however, and I'll leave you with this, we can, however, open up the pages of our Bible, read it, believe it, and God will show us what's going on in the high places and the wickedness that's going on in the, among the hierarchy of this world. Well, that is exactly right. As God's people, we do need to be in the Word using discernment, and boy, we need to be praying. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and we have power and authority over all the power of the enemy, all the insidious power of the enemy. And boy, is he influencing a lot of devils. Mike, it is always a pleasure to have you stop by and weigh in on heavy topics like this. Thank you so much for your time and coming on the program. And do come back and see us soon. Always my pleasure. God bless you. Thanks, Mike. Folks, that was Mike Hoggard. His information is linked on the bio today. And do check out the link on there, purebiblesearch.com. That is free software. You got to check that out that Mike's church has put together. It's all free. It's great. Do check that out. And we're out of time. We will see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.